Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everyone. It's Andy Bueller, high school sports reporter and uh, host of the Scorebook Live Today podcast. So the coronavirus has shut down schools and halted high school sports, but we're taking things up a notch in hopes to help during this time of great uncertainty. Each day we're releasing a special episode of this podcast called Dickow's Quarantine Series, where our own Dan Dickow interviews an expert in their respective field from coaches to trainers, authors to uh, former standout athletes. Subscribe to this podcast for free. And please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Let's keep everyone safe by washing your hands and following the governor's stay-at-home mandate. We're just as excited for high school sports to return as you are. Here's Dan Dickow after a word from our sponsor. Are you a small business impacted by the coronavirus? Washington Federal is here to help. Washington Federal is a proud sponsor of Scorebook Live and it's offering a five-year business line of credit with 90 days interest for free to businesses that have seen a 10% or greater drop. Apply now to receive up to $200,000 on business lines of credit. The folks at Washington Federal understand small businesses may need an emergency loan. They're doing their best to help during this global pandemic. If you're a small business owner who needs help, head to wafdbank.com to apply. Questions? Email business.lifeline at wafd.com. Dan Dickow, Scorebook Live, Washington, with a special guest on our podcast today. a author wrote a phenomenal book that I think all high school athletes, coaches, and parents should read called Water the Bamboo. His name is Greg Bell. Greg, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you being a part of the podcast today. Oh, thanks so much for having me on, Dan. I, I certainly appreciate it. I've admired your career over the years, and I uh, love what you're doing now. Well, we're, we're trying to bring a, a light and attention to high school sports um, because of the changes in the market. Um, and knowing that high school sports are so valuable to the communities that people live in day to day, um, and it's it's a piece that really can bring people together. So um, appreciate you joining again, and, and let's get right to it. So you grew up in, in Northeast Portland, went to the University of Oregon, played basketball for a couple of years. As you grew up, was there a coach that was very influential in, in your path as a player? Yeah, I would have to say that probably my dad, he was my coach, you know, when I was in middle school, and, uh, and he was a real fan of John Wooden, and just some of the principles that he taught, I, I learned through my dad, but that was really important uh, growing up to, you know, uh, in terms of putting in effort and doing these little things, and, you know, just to, to sort of further my, my career. 
not just in basketball, but just on a, on a, on a professional level as well. Uh, you, you hear that all the time about um, dads that are, are coaches and can kind of motivate and instill a work ethic um, and a love and a passion for the game in, in kids. Um, you now have transitioned into being an author, a motivational speaker. Uh, I'm sure you've come across uh, many um, very positive examples of a dad coaching their son. Are there any of, of those examples that come to mind quickly for you that you can share? Well, I just think it's one of those things, I think it's whether it's a dad or a mom or whatever, some of it is just simple stuff, you know, just showing up for your kid, just showing up, you know, uh, I think that uh, I've seen a lot of folks do that, just kind of show up in a, in a personal way, you know, most recently, obviously, tragically, you know, Kobe, how he showed up for his daughter, Gigi, but I think in a lot of ways, I think uh, parents are sort of um, super important to get their kids going um, in, in sports. Uh, you know, obviously we see people go a little too far with it, but part of, part of for me is, uh, it's probably not anybody in particular, but I just love how people show up, uh, you know, taking their kids here and there, training and all, all of that. I think that's what I, I think about even with my own daughter is about how to um, build a relationship with her, who cares what the results are, but having relationships uh, through sports is critical, just as you said at the start, um, just how it builds community. How it builds, uh, fosters work ethic, leadership. There's so much uh, involved there. So I think there are, you know, tons of parents. There's not anybody particular to point out. There's, uh, unfortunately, there's a, a pandemic going on across not just the, the country, but the world. And so it's giving a lot of people time to spend more time with their family, to look uh, towards themselves and things that they want to improve upon. Um, when when I kind of looked back for Scorebook Live and how we were going to structure a lot of our podcast uh, interviews at this time, I, I thought you would be a perfect guest, so I appreciate you joining. And one of the reasons I thought you would be a perfect guest is, the, is because you, you've written a book uh, called Water the Bamboo, and it's a book that I've read two or three different times. And each time I read it, I've come up with uh, one or two nuggets um, that have kind of really hit home for me and I've really tried to focus on at different times. Can you give a brief overview of what Water the Bamboo means to you as an author and, and how an athlete, a coach, a parent can begin to apply some of these values and characteristics, not only in their life at this moment in time, but also their athletic career? Yeah, thank you. Uh, Water the Bamboo is really about uh, really long-term uh, giant timber bamboo farmers will take a seed and they'll bury it deep in the ground and they'll water it for years before they ever see it touch the surface. In fact, sometimes it takes five to seven years before the bamboo will even rise. And giant timber bamboo is super unique. There's 1,500 species of bamboo, but giant timber bamboo is super special. And if you water this bamboo for five to seven years, what will happen is it'll grow 90 feet in 60 days. I mean, Dan, it's literally a foot and a half a day. And they found a grove that grew four feet in one day. And if you think about that growth, that success, or what have you, it is absolutely remarkable. But if you think about all that time it takes, the grinding, the practicing, the working, and all that, no one is watching that. And while you're doing it, people will tell you it won't work, and why you're spending all that time trying to do that. And what you tell them is to mind their home bamboo. So for me, I've studied success 
almost all my life. And what I know about them is they all water the bamboo whether they know it or not. You have to keep grinding and watering no matter what's going on, whether it's uh, a challenging time as it is right now with the coronavirus, whether it's, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't even matter. You have to continue to water. Sure, you can make excuses about not watering. Well, it's not going to work out anyway. My season's over. People can do that. But I would say work on the right side of the T. Uh, remember that when, you know, the things I can control on the left side, on the right side are the things I can't control. Bamboo farmers work on that side all the time. They, it's really about the watering. A lot of people want the results, you know, the 90 feet in 60 days, but not everyone is willing to water that way, you know, to keep that kind of effort going. Super important to think about. So what is it you can do today to get you to the future that you want to have? And it's really about the action. The intent is good, but it's actually more about the action that you take that'll make the bamboo grow. Such a powerful message um, about how looking at a bamboo farmer and something as simple as a, a bamboo tree um, can be kind of a metaphor for, for life and metaphor for athletes. Um, you mentioned studying successful people. Um, it's been fairly well documented in, in different stories uh, for, for college basketball that you were uh, college roommates with, with my head coach in college, Coach Mark Few at the University of Oregon. When you talk, when you talk about looking at successful people and how they water their bamboo, Coach Few, I think, is a great example of it because he, 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 he paid his dues as an assistant coach at Gonzaga for 10 years. He finally gets his opportunity to take over a program, and he, he builds it brick by brick. And um, many times other programs, colleges, came wanting him to take over their program. But he had a belief in Gonzaga, and he had a belief in the Spokane community that, that what was possible at other places was absolutely possible at, at Gonzaga. And they finally made it to a Final Four. When you look at the arc and the trajectory of his career, is there something that stands out about him with his personality, his characteristics, his approach that more people could look at and try to emulate? Wow, that is a great question, Dan. That is a, that is a really good question. One of the things that's interesting, and you, 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 know, you mentioned that he was an assistant for 10 years, but you actually have to walk back even further because he tried to be a high school coach at his old high school, Creswell, Creswell High School in Oregon, and they rejected him. They, they didn't hire him, and he was devastated by that, if you think about it. So he could have quit right then. You know, my own high school won't hire me to be a coach. You know, it's just hilarious. <laughs> he could have just walked away. I'm done. I, why should I ever coach? I think his vision and his passion for coaching was way stronger than any rejection that could happen along the way. If you sort of think about it, even winning, sometimes people uh, uh, get in problems because they think they're all that. But I think for him, sort of think about it, he, that seed, the seed in his mind, I'm going to be a coach, was so strong that it was unwavering. So, you, you know, so if you go back to that, even that story, uh, there were so many people, even along the way, that probably told him, you know, maybe you should just go ahead and teach. Maybe you should go to the, the safer route. And I think that that's almost like a, I would say, you know, truly a bamboo farmer in that sense that I have faith that this is going to work out uh, to keep 
that it's the consistent effort. I think in these um, kind of uncertain times for a lot of people, um, athletes in particular, it's it's the consistent effort that uh, I, I think is going to help a lot of people stay ready for when their, their opportunity comes. In your book, Water the Bamboo, it's broken into 21 different steps. And while I was preparing um, and kind of going back through the book before we had our, this conversation, uh, I thought there were two chapters or two, um, you know, focus points that really hit home with me. I'd like to get a chance to ask you on these two if you have a few more minutes. Absolutely. So the first one that really kind of jumped out at me that, that fits this day and age would be chapter 12, where you talk about optimism. Um, what would a message be for, again, parents, coaches, and athletes to be optimistic not knowing when they're going to be able to get back in a gym or knowing when they can get back uh, on a soccer field or a football field, a baseball diamond with their teammates and their coaches? Yeah, that's a really good question. It's really challenging, I think. Uh, but one of the things that I always know is that in any kind of tough situation, any kind of crisis, your competitor might be working a little bit harder than you. I, I would just say, for, for me, in terms of optimism, just think about it. Somebody, after this is over, is going to thrive. Why not you? Why, why not you? That, that it's super important to sort of think about that because if somebody's going to be doing squats and push-ups and shooting or whatever they can do, you know, not focusing on the left side of the ledger, the things that you can't control, but focusing on the right side of the ledger, well, that's really an important thing about the bamboo farmer. Now, we're, we're talking four or five years out, right? So what I'm saying is, what is it that you can do today to help your future self? Super important for, for the optimist to think about. Now, the, a lot of times people, uh, when we talk about optimism, they use that analogy as the glass half empty or is it half full. The reality is, it's both. The question is, what are you going to emphasize? Are you going to emphasize what you have or emphasize what you don't have? That's actually the subtle difference. It's both half empty and half full. The optimist just focuses on what they can do and what they do have. And that's super important for us all to be thinking about. What is it I can do today that, that is going to pay off uh, long term? I, I really need to have uh, folks uh, focus on that. But optimism, we can't look 
look at it alone. I think it needs to be connected to uh, a vision for what, what you want, how you want your life to be, how you want to be in your sport, how you want to be in your life. Those things are, have to be connected to that vision and your values. Super important. Otherwise, optimism on, on itself can kind of fade for people, but I think it's, it's also connected to uh, having a vision, having a vision for what you want to do and purpose. Some really powerful words, and I think that last little bit that you you talked about leads me from optimism to the next chapter that really stuck out stuck out for me. Um, commitment, because um, you've got to be an optimist, knowing things are going to work out, but you have to commit to something daily. And but there's a fine line between committing and overcommitting at the start, where an overcommitting is going to be very hard to keep up with day to day. Um, where would you have any tips on how to make a commitment um, at a level that can be sustainable? Yeah, I think that's really a great question because uh, what, what I'm trying to focus on is just in my personal life and uh, help my kids with and, and you know, their sports too. So one thing I know is that um, is we, we have commitment to some big vision. I, I think you need to do something every single day to water that bamboo, if you will. And I think you need to do it early. I try to get my hard stuff done before 11 a.m. The hard things in my life, uh, I, I get up and I take care of. I say, you know, only water the bamboo, only commit to it when you feel like it. Just feel like it every day about 6 a.m. This morning, I got up and I wrote. I wrote from 6 a.m. To, to 9. I, I do that every day. I do it because... I'm committed to my bamboo. And I think it's really important for people to do the hard things first. Because what will happen? Well, you should go for your, your sprint. You're going to do some sprints or runs or whatever you're going to do in your sport. Uh, and you say, oh, I'll just wait till this afternoon to do it. And then this afternoon comes around, you go, ah, take a nap. And you never do it consistently. Wake up while you have the energy to do it and handle it. Take care of it. Do the hard things first. And do it consistently and build that habit of just doing the hard things first. That's how great ones win. That's really how the bamboo farmers win in the long run, is doing it early, identifying it, knowing what their priority is, and taking care of it. This notion of overcommitment, though, is really important because if you have too many goals and too many priorities, that means you have none. It's too much. You know, you have to really know what it is. The word priority was not a, uh, a plural word until the turn of the century. So the question the bamboo farmer always has to ask is, what is my priority? What's the number one thing I need to do today? What's that? And if you know what that is, go do it. If you don't know what it is, you need to figure it out. Because sometimes we go, well, I'm going to do a little bit of this, 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 and it's just, eh, it's okay. I think when you think about a bamboo farmer, they do one thing really well, really, really well. And my question always is, what's that one thing for you? What's that one thing for uh, the, the athlete? What's that thing you need to really take care of? Some more great words. Really appreciate the time today. I, I just have one last question. Um, for athletes, again, in this uncertain time, uh, as well as maybe coaches, um, there, there's such a networking and relationship factor in, in sports and quite frankly in, in any business in any industry um, 
how would you recommend um, people going about at this time where you know people are having to stay at home, uh, but the advent of social media uh, as well as the internet are really helpful things to to grow uh, to grow your network. How do you balance growing your network through a medium like social media platforms? Versus, but not take it overboard where where you kind of fall into that trap of of, of spending too much time or relying or focusing on the negatives that are out there uh, on those platforms. Yeah, wow, that's really good. I put myself on a media diet lately. Uh, part of, part of the reason I put myself on a media diet is you know you go on the internet or go on your phone or your social media and you go on for a reason. But, you know, an hour later, you're somewhere else. <laughs> and so you can't get your own projects done. So I totally get that. So I say somehow we need to actually prioritize and limit that bit. And the way I do it is actually I do the hard stuff first. You know, as I said, from 6 to 9 or from 6 to 11, trying to do the things I really need to do to make my future self successful. Uh, take care of those. And then in the afternoon, if I go on, I limit how, how much time... Uh, I am there, but to the social distancing is an important thing for us all to do, but it's really not social distancing, it's actually physical distancing. So part of it is uh, we need to actually get on the phone, call our friends, text our friends, use those mediums, but don't be used by them. So if you think about, for Bamboo Farmer, one of the, the chapters in the book is Don't Farm Alone. And think about it, we can highlight that we did earlier, Coach View, but if you think about his assistant coaches and the people around him and his network, help him be successful. We have this myth that it's the singular genius, the singular person. It's not true. They all have support systems around them. And I always think about my bamboo circle. One question we all have to ask is, who's in my bamboo circle? It doesn't have to be 100 people. Five really good quality people can help me be successful. And we need to contribute to those people as well. So it's not just a one-way street, me, 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 but I need to contribute to those relationships in a way that can help them thrive as well. And so when I think about uh, you know, your question, as I said, it's a really good one because I believe that relationships will give you all the results you want. That idea of finding models, people who are maybe uh, more advanced than you are. The models show us where we can go. They, uh, you know, if they can do it, then it's possible for me too. Really important to sort of think about that. So who are your models and your mentors? But then you also have to reach back. Who can you help pull up? And so whether, it doesn't matter what the medium is, whether it's a cup of coffee or on the phone or Twitter or LinkedIn or however you're connecting, but you have to be authentic in your relationships to get the results. But also go there to contribute and to help you. A lot of people are going out there to get, and I, people can feel that, and it doesn't really work. Uh, I, that, that's how I, that's my view on it. You've had uh, some really good thoughts, some great points. I, I appreciate you joining uh, the Scorebook Live podcast, Greg. If anybody wants to learn more about how to find the Water the Bamboo book or any more information on, on any of the stuff that we've talked about today, where can they find it? Well, they can go to gregbellspeaks.com or go on Amazon. Water the Bamboo is out there. Uh, I have a new book out called What's Going Well. I believe it's the question that can change 
change everything. Uh, I also just did an audio book for that. But if you went to gregbellspeaks.com, people can find me uh, and also go on Amazon and Awesome. Again, I really appreciate your time. Um, it's been too long since we've we've connected. Obviously, you know we've got a lot of similar similar friends and similar people within our network. But always good to connect. Thanks for joining. And uh, everybody, go check out GregBellSpeaks.com. And thanks for listening. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.